Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there were over 1 million bubbles in a glass of champagne? Did someone say brunch? Leave the egg hunting to the kids. We'll have even more fun hunting for your brilliant brunch Riesling. Ham's sweet and salty richness pairs perfectly with sweeter wines with bold fruit. How about a juicy Pinot Noir? Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, we love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection this spring at Total Wine & More. Cheers! This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and UpSnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. From burnout and exhaustion to joy and fulfillment. Through the act of serving consciously, it's time to rediscover your passion. It's live with Elizabeth and guests on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Serving Consciously. I'm your host, Elizabeth Bishop, and I'm so pleased that you have decided to join us today. Here we are again to explore together what it means to be in conscious service. As you know, we often talk about the elements of self-connection, enlightened communication, transformative relationships, co-creating community, and self-reflective practice as the key themes that are related to the conscious service approach. And I invite you to visit servingconsciously.com for more information and resources about conscious service if you're interested. Today, we're going to explore a number of topics with my guest, including the endless opportunities that we have for self-connection, those opportunities we encounter every day and every moment. I'm very thrilled to introduce you to my guest today, Jamie Lerner. Jamie is co-author of the book, The Ever-Loving Essence of You, and can put a fresh spin on just about anything that anyone throws her way. Her unique and masterful ability to reframe even the most difficult situations is astounding. All of a sudden, your biggest nightmare becomes your greatest pleasure as she lovingly helps you sift through the contrast and find that small opening of light that quickly becomes your greatest jumping off point for clarity. Unassuming, reassuring, and seemingly without any sense of ego, Jamie Lerner is able to put everyone and everything at ease. Jamie is an asset to any corporate setting. She's easily able to untangle the issues at hand and move right along to helping facilitate a solution-based platform for creative, productive, good-feeling collaboration and change. Jamie Lerner can most often be seen working with individuals, children, adults, and couples, as well as with small groups. She never positions herself as the expert of anything and is always reminding you that it is you who knows best for yourself, always. And I absolutely love that philosophy. Welcome, Jamie. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Wonderful. I'm wondering if you could start off by telling us a little bit about your journey and how you came to be doing the work that you're doing now. Well, I was born with a knowing, and I believe that we all are. Um, and I think along the way, just the contrast of life, that we sometimes forget how much we really know for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been interested in psychology and knew that that is what I would study in college. And um, I ended up um, opening a psychotherapy practice where um, I would see people and yet never felt comfortable continually asking them to look backward in order for them to move forward. Mm. So I um, dissolved that practice and did some traveling and some studying. And now I'm doing something which really resonates with me a whole lot more, which is an integrative approach to well-being, which is just helping people help themselves reconnect with themselves almost on a moment-to-moment basis because it really only takes a moment to shift out of a disconnected state into a reconnected state. And I believe that 
when we're connected to ourselves, we really can navigate quite well from the inside out. So um, that's kind of what I'm doing, and I believe that um, it's it's really a, a lovely way for us as helping professionals to assist others by walking our talk and be the living, breathing example of that which is possible. So. Isn't that the truth? I, I so uh, resonate with, with what you're saying there too, like really being able to walk what it is we're suggesting other people <laughs> should walk. Yeah. And sometimes isn't that the biggest part of the, the work, the process, the opportunity for our own evolution and transformation, really, um, that we can have access to witness and be present for in every single moment, like you're saying. So powerful. And it feels so good. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I'd like to talk a bit about reframing because we did, I did just mention that, um, about your capacity to do that and, and just the capacity to reframe situations and experiences can be so powerful for us as individuals. So I wonder if you could tell us a bit what you mean by reframing and how uh, people can go about accessing that powerful process. Well, often people believe that their current situation is their life, and it really is just a moment in their life. And so as we help people understand that in this moment, whatever it is that they are feeling or whatever it is that they are going through is just a moment, I think it allows people to take a really deep breath and to reevaluate um, and then wherever it is that we are feeling stuck or resistant, and I believe that when we're disconnected in a moment, that's exactly what happens. We push against whatever it is that um, we're feeling stuck in, and um, there's very little clarity from that. It's just a lot of frustration. So to untangle whatever that moment looks and feels like and to reframe it in such a way where we can kind of move towards a little opening of light and see it as this wonderful opportunity to experience contrast, something that we're really not wanting, so that we can gain some clarity and begin to understand what it is that we do want. So the power of reframing is really embracing contrast, embracing a moment where we're really not wanting to be where we are and untangling it and understanding it as this will be a wonderful jumping off point for clarity. I love it. And that is so true, isn't it? Because quite often, and I know even even for, for me in the last year or so, that idea of contrast showing up as an opportunity for us to, you know, to reframe, reconnect, recommit even to what it is we do wish to experience. Um, that was sort of a new way of looking. That was a reframe for me, you know, um, as, a, as far as how I would look at contrast in my life prior to that. And it really is a powerful moment when things that are showing up are not the things that, <laughs> that we enjoy or that we like. There is that opportunity to say, well, so, okay, now I know what I do want. Now I know what I want to experience. Is that exactly. what you're meaning? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So and to embrace contrast, contrast is our friend. It really is. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> Even if we don't feel like it. <laughs> well, you know, I think when we give people permission to relax into a moment that doesn't feel good instead of pushing against it, they can see the part of it 
that they're not wanting. And then they can also begin to identify what they do want. But you ask people all day long what they do want, and they tell you all day long what they do not want. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because what we focus on and ask for is what we end up getting. So we end up getting what we don't want all day long. <laughs> so <laughs> Isn't that the truth, right? It seems sometimes it seems like that's such a common uh, experience in life that we tend to go uh, the more difficult path, the path that, that doesn't really quite fit, or if you even want to call, I'm putting quotes in the air here, the wrong way before we say, okay, now I know that's all the stuff that I don't want, and that's not the way I want to do it anymore, even sometimes after we've done it for 50 years. you know. <laughs> and you know, I don't think any of it's really wrong. You know, no. it, It's just an outcome. And so that's the other thing I really ask people to do is take all that judgment away from you know, whatever the experience is, it's a choice, it's an outcome. So next time you make a different choice, you get a different outcome. But we attach all this fear with, you know, the concept of consequence or, you know, it's bad. And none of that's even necessary. It's a moment. In this moment, you make a choice. It doesn't feel good. Make a different choice and you'll have a different outcome. So, you know, hopefully we can move forward without looking back too much. And if we are going to look back, Let's look back in such a way that we're not judging ourselves or holding ourselves in such a place that doesn't serve us in our now. Oh, that's beautiful. And, you know, this same connection, I had Dr. Uh, Gabor Matei as a guest back in February. We talked about the same thing as an element of his conversation that, you know, looking back and reviewing history and, and things that have happened and sometimes things that appear to have happened over and over and over and over again is really only useful as far as it gives us information for this moment. Yeah. It's it's, so true. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Now, do you have tips for listeners around embracing the contrast? I know one of the things that you mentioned a few minutes ago was taking the deep breath in the moment. Are there other things that help people to embrace the, the moment of contrast? You know, Laughter is such a wonderful way, and I am laughing all the time because, you know, laughter is a way for us to reconnect with ourselves, reconnect with others, understand a moment that maybe isn't working so well when we're in a state of frustration and pulling our hair out. And um, none of this is a big deal. Truly, we make so much out of nothing most of the time. And what I really think that's all about is it's a way for us to avoid ourselves it's a way for us to not connect with ourselves. And that doesn't really work. So, you know, go easy. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. Try to unconditionally embrace whatever it is that's going on without the judgment. And the way to do that sometimes is to isolate the mind chatter, this ongoing conversation that we're having with ourselves that we're not even really aware of. But when we begin to isolate it, sometimes we can see that the way that we're speaking to ourselves or about ourselves, we would never speak to another person like that. And most of it is not based in any reality in our now. So we have a lot to laugh about, really. (laughs) I always say that, you know, learning to laugh at ourselves is so important because we're with ourselves 24-7 in one way or another. And we're going to miss half the jokes at least in our lifetime if we learn how to do that. <laughs> it's true. It's really, really true. 
So, um, yeah, that, that's, I think, a, a very helpful tool for people. And everyone knows how to laugh, and it feels really good to laugh. So It does. And it, and it raises our vibration, too. Like, our energetic vibration is probably yes. one of the quickest ways to get there, you know? Yes, for sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I noticed, too, that you talk about the art of allowing as something that you're very interested in. And I think that that fits closely with this idea of reframing. Can you talk a bit more about that and the connection between those two ideas and practices? Yes. Um, allowing is a, a practice. Um, it really does take practice. And it's a wonderful concept because what it is all about is remaining in our most connected state of being as we allow others to do the same. So how can we stay connected to ourselves as we move about the world without judgment about what anyone else is doing? And usually when we are really clear about what we're doing, we don't care about what other people are doing. And so we don't really have a point of view about another. However, when we are not clear about what we're doing or what we're wanting, and we're disconnected from ourselves, we spend a lot of time looking outside of ourselves and creating a point of view or having a point of view about all other things and all people that have nothing to do with us and it's none of our business. Right. So, <laughs> um, allowing is a lovely way, once again, to stay connected to ourselves and to interact with other people, knowing that when we have chosen what is right for us, it is only right for us. And when others have chosen differently for themselves, that is what they have chosen for themselves. So who would know better for you than you? Nobody. And we are not in a situation to know for another. And I don't even believe we're in a situation to know for our children, to be honest. And I have children and grandchildren. So... Um, allowing with children is also something I feel very passionate about um, because children really do know very well for themselves until we interfere with that. Yes. Yes. Or teachers or any kind of parental figure. And, you know, I totally agree with you, Jamie. And I think that's the interesting kind of paradox that we find ourselves in, in our society anyways, especially um, well, both from a parenting or grandparenting parenting point of view, as well as from a helping professional, I'm using quotes, or service provider point of view as well, there is an underlying message that we often seem to get that we are actually supposed to know. That, I mean, they talk about the best interests of the child, the best interests of the people that you are providing service to. And I think that often gets misconstrued into the belief that we're supposed to have other people's answers at the expense of actually listening to our own, you know, and moving from that place. So I think that's a really important point to make. It is, and that's all tied into ego. So you, when, and when <laughs> we are in ego, we are not in a position to really help anyone because we are disconnected. You know, Absolutely. ego stands down when we're connected. And if ego is needed, ego is available. However, in our most connected state, ego is, there's no place for that. So, um, it, it is, but I do understand what you're saying. And I do think that, uh, the, um, you know, occupation of being in the helping profession really, um, is misguided 
often. Yes. <laughs> I agree. We are on the same page there. <laughs> but it's such um it's such a powerful uh call as far as um a vocation, a choice of vocation or a way of being in the world to have that desire to be of service and um you know to to understand what our role is in that place and to take responsibility we're getting a lot of noise there. to take responsibility for our um, own sense of joy and fulfillment and connection in the work or the service that we're providing is is huge and we're we're sort of taught i think and conditioned to believe that it's not about us as the service provider that it's always about someone else and it's basically what you're what you were just talking about, like that um, inclination to look outward instead of looking within. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And that's something too, that's very commonly, you know, I know in my years of working in adult education with people getting ready to go into some form of, of human service or healthcare um, that a lot of people would be saying, Oh, I'm non-judgmental. I'm totally non-judgmental. Um, and really, not acknowledging that those judgments are just part of our socialization. And when something is triggered, or like you say, when we're in a place of being disconnected from ourselves, that's quite often when we get triggered by the behavior or the attitudes or ideas of other people. And that, that sense of judgment will just be present. So it's not so much about trying to have that never happen or to get away from it, but rather how do you transcend it? in those moments. And we can only transcend it if we're connected in a moment to notice it in the first place, right? Right. Or that becomes a cue for us. Yeah. You know, um, is when we're in reactionary mode as opposed to visionary mode, you know, a reaction is a moment where we can understand we're disconnected. Because when we're connected, we are visionaries. We can see clearly. But reaction mm-hmm. is from a disconnected state. So, you know, the other interesting thing about being in the helping profession is that we must assist ourselves because if we are not in alignment with ourselves and connected, we are really not in a position to help anybody else. So absolutely. Yeah. Self-service first, I believe. Yes. Yes. And so that whole paradigm of service um, and self-sacrifice is just no, that doesn't it's work. Not true. It just does not work. It well, it just breeds resentment, and from resentment, we are no good to ourselves or to another. So. Absolutely. And then we, you know, then we've got our focus on burnout and exhaustion and all of those kinds of things. And you know, um, meanwhile, we've been creating it ourselves. And I think most people who've been in any kind of vocation of service for a period of time have usually gone through that process, right? Because there again, there's the opportunity to embrace the contrast and to learn from it in order to redirect ourselves and reframe what we're doing. Yeah, that's very true. That's beautiful. Well, I want to jump into this more about self-connection, but let's take a very quick little break and we'll come back then and do that. You're listening to Serving Consciously. I'm your host, Elizabeth Bishop. We'll be right back with Jamie Lerner. Do it. 
Tired of the same old boring training sessions? You know, those ones you sit in all day and take very little from. Head over to elizabethbishopconsulting.com to learn more about the conscious service approach and how your organization can benefit from webinars, online programs, and in-person workshops. Renew your sense of connection with yourself and others in real and meaningful ways. Be inspired. Be encouraged. Be energized. Be you and love what you do. Ready for a little inspiration? How about a moment in time to reflect, reframe, and rejuvenate? Join Elizabeth Bishop for Serving Consciously, a new radio show airing on the second and fourth Friday of every month at noon Pacific. Tune in to learn about the conscious service approach and find out how you can integrate who you are with what you do in service to others. Call in and speak directly with experts in the field and find out how they've discovered the joy of serving consciously. Welcome back. I'm Elizabeth Bishop. You're listening to Serving Consciously. We're talking today with Jamie Lerner, and we've been talking about um, the art of allowing and embracing contrast and learning how to reframe and really about how all of that becomes possible when we come into the moment. And I use the terminology of self-connection because I do feel that self-connection is a deeper um, experience than just having self-awareness. Um, so I like to talk in terms of self-connection and I, I think sometimes we believe that that happens that, you know, in order to experience that we have to remove ourselves from the rest of our life, that we can only get self-connected if we spend an hour in meditation or if we're chanting or journaling or some, some practice in order to get there, which I see as being strategies, self-reflection strategies that are definitely helpful. But what about these opportunities that are really available to us in every single moment of our daily lives? I'm wondering, Jamie, if you can talk a bit more about that and how it connects to the relationship between our thoughts and our feelings, because I know that that's a key area of interest for you as well. (laughs) Well, I think the most important relationship that we will ever have is the relationship that we have with ourselves. And I believe that that is the foundation for every other relationship that we go on to have with another. So... Um, there, you know, there's a, a, a another really fun tool called selective sifting, 
And selective sifting is allowing ourselves from our connected place of being to only put our attention on the things that resonate with us. And you can actually do that when you're connected to yourself while you're amongst several other people that have very opposing views or when you're watching a television show that's controversial. Um, it, it really is a fun way to see yourself where you are and who you are as you are witnessing what is going on around you without any point of view about it. So we selectively sift, we see all kinds of things. However, we're only putting our attention on what is resonating with us. And that is such a great way to live our life every day amongst all people because clearly, you know, we cannot always control every moment of who we're with and we will never be able to control what other people are saying or thinking about or expressing to us. However, with our vibrational antenna, <laughs> when we are connected to ourselves, we really do miss a good chunk of what is going on in the peanut gallery and in the world <laughs> on a daily basis when we are connected to ourselves and only putting our attention on, you know, what is in vibrational frequency from where we are. I love that. And you know what keeps popping into my mind when I'm hearing you say that is that seems like a really powerful way to demonstrate self-love and self-compassion as well. Yes, it is because you're fine with what everyone's saying. Most of the time you don't really hear it though. And when you do hear it, you understand it as allowing another person to have their point of view. So mm -hmm. in some ways we just kind of, we become Switzerland. We become very neutral in the sense that we know what's right for us. We understand what's right for other people is right for them, but we don't always need to respond. As a matter of fact, I think we respond a lot less because we don't really have anything to offer. We can hear it from where it's coming from, understand it from where it's coming from, and understand it has nothing to do with us. Yes. And I think that you can even do that. Like I'm just going to a personal experience the other day um, where I, f I felt myself being emotionally triggered by a comment, you know, um, with a loved one that I was reading. And I could feel it happening. And then I was able to be to stop myself in the moment and just say, you know what, I'm making an interpretation based on some past stuff right now that really probably has nothing to do with right now and, and my present circumstances. And obviously there's some emotion around this situation, but what if I just made the decision now to say, I'm, I'm going to listen to my own heart, do what's right for me. And I am going to uh, just allow what's happening here with, with an energy of understanding. Like I want to understand myself and I, and I want to create a space of understanding with this other person in my life rather than, you know, feeling like I need to respond or react and or agree or, or agree. agree. Yeah. Which is, I mean, so that was like amazing for you. You were able to stay connected to yourself. You were able to stay connected to yourself without asking someone else to be different or to yeah. change so that you could feel better. I mean, for me, that's our personal power. I mean, that's, Amazing. I so. totally agree with you. That personal power, that is so, that's so true. And that's a moment to moment experience as well. And it didn't mean that I didn't feel like I did. I had the emotional trigger, 
And I started to hear the old tape. And then it was just wait, you know, and and a bigger picture, a bigger vision came to me about the, the situation. And I think because of having that moment of connection. That's fantastic. You know, I like to think about um, the trigger is like sorting socks. Like you have all these socks, you pull them out of the dryer and they all look the same, but there is a pair somewhere in there. So you start <laughs> sorting the socks and you say, this is mine, this is not mine, this is mine, this is not mine. And as you sort through everything, you really begin to understand that probably 90% of the stuff is not yours, you know? So maybe it's a trigger, but it's not yours to keep, to hang on to, to reflect back on doesn't have anything to do with where you are right now. And that's really helpful, you know. And It is. It really is. Because, I mean, the, when we talk about that going into a, a space of personal power, I mean, I think the recognition of the trigger, you know, and then to know, okay, whatever that poked at, it's inside of me. And is there something I need to do about it or something I need to explore? And if the answer is no, because it really is, about someone else's, you know, behavior or whatever else it is, then we just let it go. That is so personally powerful. Yes. It's when we dwell on it, right? It's when we go through the whole thing. The whole scenario goes around and around in a circle. And sometimes that's really challenging to get out of. Well, in, in that moment, at least acknowledge you're making a choice to stay in it. Yeah. So because there's a lot of personal power in that, we're never a victim to another or a situation. If we can say to ourselves, in this moment, I'm going to choose to be stuck because it just is feeling better. I'm going to dig in and this is where I'm going to stay. And that's okay. But just frame it in such a way that someone is making you feel anything that just mm -hmm. doesn't happen. No one has that power. I mean, no. we can, we can allow someone that power, but that's once again us making a decision, decision to allow them the power to make us feel a certain way. And there's choice in that too, which feels Absolutely. really good. <laughs> Absolutely. That, I, I mean, bad choices. Yeah, like that's the key, right? I'm yes. making a choice. Yes. I'm making a choice. I can stay and, and swim around in this mug for another hour. Yes. Or I could say, I'm going to stop right now. I might come back and, and jump back into the muck in a half an hour, and then I can decide again how long I'm going to stay, you know? But right. I think it is so powerful, yeah. really powerful. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of leads – well, let's talk, though, again, a bit about that relationship between our thoughts and our feelings because I think that that's, again, another really powerful piece of, of information. Can you talk a bit about that? We only have two things that we're in control of, how we're choosing – well, actually, what we're choosing to think about. That's a choice – and how we're choosing to feel about what we're choosing to think about. So nobody can do that for us. We need to do it for ourselves. But beyond that, we have no other control in this universe, none. So we choose what we're going to think about. We choose how we're going to feel about what we're going to think about. And that choice can change moment by moment. But beyond that, really, we cannot control anything else. So that's a lot of personal power to take on those two things. Once again, what we think yes. about really is a reflection of the life that we are living in this moment. Mm -hmm. And how we're choosing to feel about what we're thinking about is also a very clear reflection of the life that we are choosing to live in this moment. And in this moment is the most operative of words because it only takes a moment to 
make a shift into a better feeling thought and a better feeling. Yes. Yes. And that's something that's really been at the forefront for me. I mean, for years, I've been looking at that connection between thoughts and feelings, belief systems, and also then how that impacts the way that we choose to behave. But I was always coming at it, I think, from a different angle. And in the past couple of years, when I've started to be more reconnected to my my feelings and my emotions, I always think of feelings as being messengers, exactly what you were saying. They're flowing in, flowing out, giving you some information about what you're experiencing and how you're thinking about it and all of that. But I love this concept, and I, I believe that I learned this first through another guest that I had a, a couple of weeks ago, Christopher Wateki, who talks about, you know, when you tune into the feeling and, and just tune into your body and where you're feeling certain things and then check on the thoughts. I mean, usually they're, they're going hand in hand as far as the nature and to be able to tell ourselves, you know, when I think that I don't feel good, so I'm going to shift, yes. you know, and making the choice again to feel good again as an act of, of self love. That is an act of self love. That's for sure. And it's very, it's very, very powerful. When we, um, when our thoughts and our feelings are one, we are in true alignment ourselves. Yeah. And when we are in true alignment with ourselves, we are feeling inspiration. Mm-hmm. And everything feels easy. And we tend to just flow. And when our thoughts and feelings are not in alignment, we are misaligned. And I believe that once again, something like procrastination. Procrastination is our friend because procrastination gives us a moment or two or 10 or a month or a year <laughs> <laughs> to pause, to stop and get our thoughts and our feelings into alignment. Some feelings as one, and then we can take inspired action. Yes. And then it becomes again, so powerful because sometimes you know, when we're in those places of confusion or misalignment or out of integrity, whatever it is, we're not sure. And we, you know, we want the answer. We want to make something shift. We'll run around engaged in all kinds of action that isn't coming from a place of, of inspiration or internal guidance or anything and end up creating so much more trauma. Yeah. <laughs> trauma, trauma, you know, yeah. messes. I mean, like for sure. We do. Sometimes, we a lot of drama. <laughs> we do. And sometimes we make choices. You know, I remember saying, making this declaration a couple of summers ago and I'm still, you know, trying to bring myself into full alignment with it. But, you know, sometimes you make a decision where you, you're in the moment, you make it, you don't see some of the consequences, whatever the state is, you make that decision. And then you find out later, oh, there's different things that played out from this and, Whatever else, that's fine. And sometimes we make choices where we know, we already have all the information that this is probably going to lead a certain path that I probably won't like. You know, so I remember saying, I don't want to make any more of those. Like if I know I'm going to have a mess to clean up in a month, I'd like to not make that decision now. And if, you know, if, if I get surprised, then that's fine because I didn't see it. But, you know. It's so true. And maybe, and again, like, you know, it doesn't have to be judged that it's right or wrong. I mean, maybe going down that path and cleaning up that particular mess is part of a learning opportunity that we, our souls have set up for us. It's possible. But also to give ourselves permission to pause. And even if someone is asking us if we will do something for them, if it's not a hell yes, then to be able to say, let me think about that and get back to you. And maybe you need some time to reframe it within yourself. 
so that you feel good about whatever it is that you're saying yes to. Because it's very disingenuous to say yes to someone when you don't really want to do something. It doesn't feel good to them. It doesn't feel good to you. It's a lose-lose. But Absolutely. to wait to get into a place where, yes, you feel really good about extending yourself and with both hands, that feels good, you know, and... It does. And then it remains easy still. Like you were yes. saying, it's easy, it's graceful. Um, because when, yeah, when we agree to do things that we really don't want to do, uh, that comes out at some point. Yes, um, it does. It yes. does. <laughs> Alignment, integrity again, right? Isn't that the truth? Yes. Beautiful. Let's take another quick break and then I've got another juicy piece I want to dive into here. Um, you're listening to Serving Consciously. I'm Elizabeth Bishop, your host. We'll be right back with Jamie Lerner. And welcome back. I'm uh, speaking today with Jamie Lerner on Serving Consciously. And I want to dive into this idea of changing your storyline because it just fits so powerfully with what we've been talking about already. Um, and I know it's another area of, of uh, expertise for you and so powerful to explore. Can you tell us a bit more about this aspect of the way you approach your service, Jamie? Well, it's interesting. I think that people are telling their stories all day long and they don't even know what they're saying. So, you know, we're kind of incessantly telling people things about what we're living when what's more important is how are we feeling about what we're telling people? Because if you're not feeling good as you're telling your story, you're probably not feeling very good as you're living it. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling really good as you're telling your story, then by all means, don't change it because that's working really well for you. So when we ask people to kind of slow down or when people start a session with me and they begin to tell me their story, I ask them, how are you feeling about that? And they really like take a step back because they haven't really thought about how they're feeling about this story that they're actually living when we do take a step back and we begin to untangle it, understand it, that, you know, is this really the life that we want to be living? Because we have a choice. And are we just stuck in a story? And is it very often an old story that doesn't even fit in with our now? Yes. Yes. So how can we take even a small piece of an old story from a life that maybe we lived 10 years ago that we've dragged vibrationally, have all this residue into our now, and change it up a little bit to really reflect the life that we would like to be living. Mm-hmm. Because the story you tell will be a reflection of the life that you will be living, even if you're not living it. Tell the new story, and you will step into that new life pretty quickly. And I think that question, like I like to talk in terms of powerful guiding questions, like questions that really open up the doors for really new and inspiring information and, and allow us to hear, you know, our own intuitive guidance. That what you just said a couple minutes ago, how do I feel about my story? I think is so powerful. The reason people don't stop and ask themselves that is the worse the story, the more attention they have. The more they've been through, the more they talk about how how horrible it's been or the trauma or the abuse, the more attention they get. So society has really trained us to talk about all the awful things that have happened to us. 
in depth so that we get the greatest audience. And in fact, I have to say that, you know, that is not serving us in our now. And no. it doesn't help us to feel good. So, no, it doesn't. No, and it's not necessary. So, well, yeah, you can almost get into, or you can hear people, or almost, you know, t- at times even find ourselves involved in that, where it's like there's some kind of competition to see who suffered more. Exactly, exactly, or the big struggle. So, yeah. you know, before <laughs> you know it, the story has taken on a life of its own. And, you know, a good portion of that didn't really even happen the way you have then miscreated it today for Mm -hmm. the greater audience. So if we have had difficulties in our past, how can we look back on that if we're needing to from our now perspective? As an adult, where we are in this moment, how can we understand then from our now? And that's super powerful. Yes, it is. Yes, And that helps us recreate authentically our new story, being true to ourselves, yes. fo- focusing on where we're wanting to be as opposed to where we thought we were. Yeah. And how we want to show up. And I think, again, those are really powerful questions for people who feel called to be of service to others, to other human beings in the intimate ways that we're talking about. Yeah. How do I want to show up? How do I want to contribute? You know, what feels good in that, in that service that I'm offering? How am I, you know, expressing myself through that and being authentic and being present? Those are such powerful guiding questions. Yes, and they're reminding people to really trust themselves because it doesn't matter how you know, why you know, you do know for yourself. You Mm -hmm. always know for yourself. So to get back to that place where your inner being that's tapping you on the shoulder all day long, 24, 7, 365, and you're brushing it away saying, not now, not now, not now, I'm busy, where you're reconnected with that inner knowing because, yes. you know, that internal GPS will always guide you and, and will be your true knower for yourself. Absolutely. And you know what I think, too, sometimes gets in the way. I know it has in my my life for sure, and I think for other people as well, because I find that, and I know I've mentioned this a few times in this radio show, that quite often people who are called to be of service to others are way more comfortable in giving than they are in receiving and find a lot of their own worth, right? We find a lot of our own worth in what we're doing for other people. That's that's dangerous and ego-based and it's... And it is a way for people to justify not creating a relationship with themselves. Yeah. And, and, and parents do it all the time. Women do it all the time. You know, we are really, I have to say, women find it very hard to create a relationship with themselves and use their children as a distraction all the time. Yes. And it becomes like an identity. Yes, and, it does. And we see that with, with women, with mothers, we see that in vocations of service as well that becomes the identity and all of the value and self-worth is wrapped up in that and so the idea of following your own heart and listening to your own guidance to behave and respond and feel in a way that's in your own best interests can sometimes be a real challenging journey but I totally believe that that when we really do follow what's right for us that it does end up being right for everyone else that's absolutely 
Even yes. if it doesn't look that way at first or feel that way to other people at first, it is because it's the truth. Exactly. But yeah. when we feel good about who we are, we really feel good about who all others are. You know, yeah. once again, the relationship that we have with ourselves really is a direct reflection of how we are feeling about other people. And that's on a moment to moment basis as well. So. Yes. Oh, I love that. It's so powerful. Um, and I think you gave us a bit of an example, too, of how you would work one on one with people, um, you know, in the way that you approach this kind of evolutionary process with people who come to see you. Is there is there any other elements of the work that you do with individuals you'd like to share with us? Well, people who end up working with me end up feeling very self-empowered and they're asked to take tremendous personal responsibility because they need to determine how much time they would like to use for each session. So people go on my website and they see how I work and if I resonate with them, then they have to ask themselves, how much time would I like for this particular session? They buy a package of time and then they reach out to me and they say, I would like 30 minutes at this particular day. And it's really wonderful because how would I know what someone else needs? And the idea that they would know so clearly what they're needing is the piece of personal power that I think helps them buy into this notion that, of course, they know what's best for them. Of course. And I mean, so, then you're starting off your, your process with people with that, you know, that um, message yourself and, and grounded in yes. that yourself. Yes. Like, how can I assist you in assisting yourself, which is really all I really do. You know, and yeah. it, I think that's a very important message in the helping profession. You know, we are here to um, provide this living, breathing, unconditionally loving example of all that is possible for people. And that's it. Yeah. And to guide them in such a way that they can really guide themselves. Absolutely. So, it's a yeah. facilitation, right? It's creating yes. a space. Yes. I often say that when I talk about, about conscious service and the element of transformative relationships, that it's that relationship that becomes the container for transformation, the potential for transformation to occur for everybody involved in that relationship, you know? And yes. it's so powerful because it's not all about the textbooks and the, you know, tools and techniques and the best practices and the research and all of that. It really starts with the connection between human beings. That's what being of service to somebody else is really about. It is. It is. So I ask people who are in this profession, if you're listening, to make sure that you engage in self-service. First and foremost, at the beginning of your day, just like when you're on an airplane and they ask you to put your own mask on before you assist all others. Yes. So beautiful. And you know, Jamie, um, I want to make sure to give listeners your, your website right now just because we were talking about how they might be able to reach you. Okay. So you are at www.jamie, J-A-M-I-E dash learner. L-E-R-N-E-R dot com, right? I am. I am. And, and people can find you as well on Facebook. Yes, I put out an inspirational message every day. And oh, the good. book, The Ever-Loving Essence of You, is available on Amazon. Oh, that's wonderful. And people can find you as well on Twitter and yes. LinkedIn too. So, And what I will be doing when I post the, the replay of our um, 
discussion here on my website, I will include all of your contact information as well so people can um, make sure that they can connect with you uh, and you. ask questions and gather more information because this is just so powerful. And, you know, like Jamie, you're a service provider yourself. I'm wondering if you can tell us a bit about what practices you engage in to stay self-connected and grounded. Well, you know, I really address myself first thing in the morning and I sit very quietly with myself and I am open to receiving because I believe that the universe is downloading information to us and we are just vessels. And if we are open to receiving divine guidance, I believe that we are really open to receiving endless amounts of information that, you know, we can use for ourselves and, um, I just really hope that people will consider themselves as their own greatest resource because you really are, you know, you are so worthy of your own love. So love yourself and trust yourself and know yourself and vibrationally you will be such um, a wonderful part of this new mass consciousness, which, you know, I see happening, which is, it's beautiful. You know, I think that we're all, becoming much more conscious and um, yeah. And that's, that's kind of our work here and our greatest contribution to mass consciousness is our vibrational sense of well-being. Yes. And I love what you were saying. Like just that tuning in first thing. And then I think what happens over time is that it just becomes part of how you are and, and you just sort of naturally continue to tune in. It doesn't mean that there's not those moments where, you know, the most the most enlightened and connected people walking the planet still dis- disconnect and disengage and still have those opportunities because it's a continual, like you said, choice and responsibility to step back in to mm-hmm. the moment every time um, from a place of, of self-love and nurturing as opposed to judgment and uh, punishment, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I guess we can talk about those things. We can talk about things because we know about those things. <laughs> yes. It's lovely, you know, moments of contrast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you again for that reframe. So what kinds of things do you have going on right now, Jamie, that you might want to let listeners know about? Um, I also have an interesting service, which is called the Quickie, which is a, a lovely texting option. So that's been really fun because people are super busy. So they buy time and they text with me. And it's really interesting because once they've texted a question to me, in many ways, they've already answered their own question. Mm-hmm. So I text back and forth with people. And it is a way for people to really check back in with themselves using me kind of as um you know, uh, an opportunity to do so. And so that's been really fun. And um, I'm working on a second book, but not feeling very inspired right now to um, <laughs> to get beyond the third chapter. So I've allowed myself to put that aside. And, yeah, you know, I'm just enjoying my life moment by moment, you know. That's beautiful. Yeah. And that's part yeah. of a, a creative process, and sometimes that's what happens, right? Like you yeah. start on something, we're, we're working towards something, and then – it gets quiet and sometimes that's the call to listen, like you were saying earlier, for those downloads and that divine guidance that can come through and then empowers that work again for us. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, and we move into these summer months as well. Uh, that often happens, I think, for many of us, that feeling of just wanting to you settle into that sunshine and maybe step back a little bit and 
and get quiet and enjoy life in a different kind of way. Yeah, because that feels so good. <laughs> it does. <laughs> then we come back to, to everything else refreshed as well when it's time. And it's interesting. It's all still there. We haven't really missed exactly. a thing, have we? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love that. So remember, everyone, that you can find Jamie at jamie-learner.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And I will be posting all of that information with the replay and um, would love it if you followed up and learned more about Jamie. You'll find the replay link uh, as well through my um, website. At, and you can go to that through servingconsciously.com. And, of course, it will be on social media as well. So thank you again, everyone, for listening in. I want to thank you, Jamie, so much for being here and sharing today your your beautiful energy and wisdom and helping us to really get that sense of the opportunities that are there in every moment for self-connection. Thank you. It was a pleasure. So much fun. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. You've been listening to Serving Consciously. I'm your host, Elizabeth Bishop, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you. You've been listening to Serving Consciously with your host, Elizabeth Bishop. Consciously create your approach to work. Visit www.elizabethbishopconsulting.com. Join us on every second and fourth Friday at noon to continue rediscovering your passion. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Every bunny loves honey-glazed carrots, a great side dish for your springtime celebration, and a delicious compliment to a sweet, bright Moscato. Wine is made in virtually every country in the world, and I'm ready to give you a tour to find the right one. Serving lamb this season? Try it with a bold Cabernet from the trendy Paso Robles region. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection this spring at Total Wine & More. Cheers! Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Garnishing your ham with pineapple? Pair it with a delicious Chardonnay to make their taste buds swirl. Deviled eggs are even better when paired with a light, dry wine like a bubbly Prosecco or a Pinot Grigio. For me, nothing beats recommending a great wine. And with such an extensive selection, I can help you find the perfect one in your budget. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection this spring at Total Wine & More. Cheers!